we are uh, talking tonight about the golden calf and why I hate religion. Why I hate religion. I know some of you are like, Shelly, what do you mean you hate religion? Uh, you say you're not a Christian. Like, what's going on with you? <laughs> um, it's all true. I promise you it's true. And I'm not the only one. So, yeah. <laughs> um, hope you guys can hear me and see me okay. If you can hear me and see me okay, just drop um, a number one in the chat box. Hello, Brother Robert. How are you this evening? Good to see you. Thank you for joining me this evening. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being here. I came on a few minutes late, but I guess I was right on time um, because, you know, sometimes it takes people a few minutes to come on. So, yeah, here we are. And welcome to you. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you uh, for joining me on IG. Uh, Brother Daniel, uh, God bless you. And thank you uh, for being here. So we're getting ready to get to get started. You know, your sister does not do well with 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 hair these days. So. Um, in order to keep this from falling in my face, I think I, I'm going to grab my baseball cap. Y'all know, <laughs> you already know, right? <laughs> you already know. I can't do it. I just can't do it, guys. I try. I literally try. But this just helps to keep the hair out of my face um, from falling in my face because it, it's a distraction for me. Um, I try to look like a normal lady. I promise I do. <laughs> but um, when it comes to preaching and teaching, you know, I'm, I don't want any distractions or anything. Um, I don't want to be bothered by the, uh, I don't want to be sweating the small stuff. You know what I'm saying? Like, let's just do it. Let's just do the thing. Right. So, yeah, to God be the glory. Just come in and um, give God the glory with me tonight. Uh, bless the name of the Lord with me tonight. He is good. He is great. He is amazing. He is not just a good, good father, but he is the absolute best father. He is the greatest of all time. Amen. He is the most high and we bless him tonight. Hallelujah. We bless him tonight. Hallelujah. Brother Robert says Exodus has been our Bible study. I, I forget to put these on stream so the, you guys can see. So yeah. <laughs> um, what did he say here? Exodus uh, Exodus has been our Bible study for the last four weeks. Tonight, our pastor mentioned how Aaron became a hindrance. Yeah, that's in my message too, uh, how he became a hindrance rather than a help. It fits with, our te with your teaching tonight. Amen. Glory to God. Thank you for sharing that, Brother Robert. That shows me and gives me confirmation that I'm right there uh, in the right vein where the spirit of God wants me to be. So thank you so much. I think this is a much needed um, uh, topic. It's a much needed message because um, when it comes to religion and, and when it comes to um, defining the difference between religion and kingdom, which is my, which is my assignment and my mandate as a, as a prophetic voice, I believe that um, I believe in getting to the root of things and getting to the root of the matter. Um, I'm not a person who really beats around the bush. And, you know, I feel that when it comes to religion and church, we have done so much beating around the bush. We've like prolonged so many things that we that could have been resolved long ago. We could have learned them long ago. We could have been probably much further along had we just stopped, stopped and, and took a moment to just 
look at the, you know, examine the root issues. You know what I mean? Just examine the root issues. What's really going on here? You know, some people are afraid <laughs> to ask questions about certain things. Some people are afraid. They feel like they're going to, they're challenging authority or they're challenging, you know, their pastors or their leaders or what have you. But, you know, I, I find it quite interesting that, you know, God never had a problem with anyone asking questions. You know what I'm saying? So why should man, um, I think that comes from the enemy. He doesn't want us to, you know, to get a full understanding. The Bible says with all you're getting to get a good understanding. And he also says that we're destroyed for lack of knowledge. Um, so, so I think that um, if we don't ask questions, you know, it, 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 yeah, it's important to know why you're doing something. It's important to know, you know, what, where did this come from? Like, who started this? Why are we doing this? You know, or why are we not doing something that should be being done if we read the Bible, you know? And I think, um, you know, like I said, God never had a problem with anyone answering questions, even repetitive questions, even questions that seem like dumb questions or stupid questions, you know, such as, i.e., Abraham asked him about 10 times, <laughs> you know, about Sodom and Gomorrah, it, you know, if there be 40 righteous in the city, will you destroy? If there be 50, if there be 45, well, if there be 40, what about 30? What about 20? What about 10? You know, he just kept asking and God answered him patiently every time and he waited until um, Abraham finished asking him before he left, you know, he was still, you know, he was still there. So I, so we have to understand that God is patient and long suffering. He's not like man. And we need to begin to ask the right questions because these have to do with the foundation of what we believe, the foundation, the core foundation of who we are as, as not Christians, but sons of God, who we are, you know, and what this thing is really all about. You know what I mean? Like this, this whole religion thing, you know, why, why is everybody just walking a single file line? You know, why is it that we, you know, we're wrong if we choose, if we rock the boat a little bit, or if we want to ask some questions, or if we want to you know, investigate a little more about what we're doing and why we're doing it, you know? And, and I think the reason, another reason why we don't is because a lot of people don't read. Um, we'll read every other book, but we won't read the Bible. And when we read the Bible, it, it, it produces such questions, you know, because now you're looking at this thing from the perspective of what we're doing versus what should be done or what was done or how it was done. You know, um, that's, you know, that, that that's, I, I think that's part of the problem. Hello. Welcome. Uh, Nanavis, God bless you. Thank you for joining tonight. God bless you. And, uh, I appreciate your presence here tonight. So yeah, you guys, so, so this is what, <laughs> this is why, excuse me, this is why we're doing this tonight. I'm going to turn this fan on me. Um, so your sister can breathe. So your sister can breathe. Okay. <laughs> All right. 
So um, we're just going to go ahead and get started. Just want to welcome the spirit of God in here. Hallelujah. I feel the presence of God already here. Uh, this is something that was, you know, his doing and it's marvelous in our eyes. This is his platform. This is his word that's going forth. And I'm just a vessel that the Lord is using. Um, I just make myself available and he does the speaking. And I love it that way because I'm not responsible for anything. That's being said, you know what I mean? You know, we just be obedient here and say what we hear and, and the rest is on him, right? The rest is on him. So glory to God. We just welcome you, uh, spirit of God to come and take over, um, everything pertaining to this meeting, pertaining to this message, pertaining to this platform and every platform that is publishing the truth of the kingdom, the truth of the knowledge of the kingdom of God throughout the earth. We thank you and we give you the glory, the honor and the praise, Father, because you are the absolute power and you are the absolute authority and our breath is in your very hands. We thank you, Father, for giving us the breath of life, Father God, for giving us a mouth and a voice voice to speak. We thank you, Heavenly Father, and we give you the glory tonight. Hallelujah for a word and a wisdom that the enemy cannot refute. In Jesus' mighty name, Father, we thank you tonight for opening the eyes of the blind. Father God, for deaf ears that shall come unstopped tonight. Hallelujah for prison chains that shall be loose and broken and utterly destroyed. For yokes that shall be utterly destroyed through your living word tonight. Your word is spirit and your word is life. The letter kills. Hallelujah. But your word is spirit and your word is life. Let it divide asunder the spirit from the soul this uh, this night, Father, in Jesus' mighty name, and let it discern the thoughts and the intents of the heart in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, we give you all glory, all honor, and praise. Take over, hijack my mouth. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Glory to God. And I cover all of you in the blood of Jesus. Amen. So let's go ahead and, uh, and dive into this. I always like to start with where God started me. He usually just starts speaking, you know, a, a, a prophetic word or, or giving me something or showing me something. And I just write it down. So I'm going to start there. Um, the Lord uh, began to speak to me about uh, this golden calf and, um, you know, the reason why. Uh, the reason for the golden calf, and we're going to read about the golden calf. It's here in the book of Exodus. We're going to read about this, but um, uh, the re the reason, uh, the connection there between this golden calf and religion that man has created, religion that man has created. God never created religion. God created man he, he 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 created a planet called earth among many other planets that's not the message tonight but he created this earth amen and man upon it in order to establish or to extend his heavenly kingdom into the earth and to establish man upon the earth to dominate the earth and to uh and to colonize this earth for his kingdom and for his glory. This earth is supposed to be an extension of the kingdom of God. He never set up a, a, a church building. He never set up a tent. He never set up, not to say those things are wrong, but he never established that in the beginning. That it was man and God. Amen. It was man and God face to face in intimate 
fellowship together. Amen. Uh, father and son together and daughter together. Eve, when we talk about man or the sons of God, I'm speaking about the, the women too, because we are also uh, sons of God because we came out of the man. We can call ourselves the daughters of God. That's fine. But God never set up a church building. He never established a worship team, praise team, you know, um, media team. You know what I mean? Like, you know, he never, he never established any of that, excuse me. And so, um, but what he did establish was a kingdom. He established a kingdom, which is a ruling authority. It is a ruling authority and a governing body. Amen. In the earth. And, and, and my, as my sister likes to preach it, he established the, the, uh, uh, ecclesia. Amen. And, and we are the ecclesia or the church of the living God. Uh, the Bible says that, that God chooses not to dwell in tabernacles made, uh, made with, with hands. Amen. But he chooses to dwell in us. It says, it says that our bodies are the temples of the Holy ghost. Amen. It says that he chose, um, to put his treasure in earthen vessels, amen, that the excellency of his power and of his glory may be of him and not of ourselves, amen. It turned around and said that it's not by power, not by our power, nor by our might, but by the spirit of the living God, amen, that in him we live, move, and have our being. So this is not about the glorifying of the flesh or the glorifying of man. This is all to the glory of God. Amen. And so we're, we're, we're looking at this thing, uh, um, um, in terms of how, how man set it up versus the original intent of God in the beginning and religion was never established by God. It was established by man. Denominations were never established by God. They were a, a, a result of man's disobedience, actually, or man's idolatry, actually. If you go back to the Tower of Babel, you will see you will see the very root of what we know today as scattered languages and scattered uh, belief systems and scattered religions. Amen. Different religions. Amen. And so, um, but tonight we're talking about how religion is man uh, needing to worship an image that he can see instead of having faith in the invisible God who is unseen. Uh, Did we catch that? It, it is, we're, we're talking about man needing to worship something because the whole problem with uh, the unbelievers as well as the so-called believers is that we have trouble and we, we can all admit this is true. I can admit this was true. You know, I, I've had the same issue of, 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 of actually um, wrapping my head around the fact that you want me to worship someone that I can't see. Are we getting, it's just the nature. It's just our, 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 our human nature. Are, are, are we getting it? It's the fallen nature of man, right? Religion is, is uh, welcome to you. Uh, pin, pin. I don't know how to say your name, but thank you for joining us tonight. God bless you. Sending you a wave and a hello. Thank you for joining us. Um, Pino Santos Renato. Pino 
Santos Renato. I hope I said that right. I, I don't want to mess up your name, but thank you so much for being here. God bless you. Um, so this is what we're talking about is, 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 is men having a problem with worshiping or serving uh, an invisible God, amen, which is called faith. Amen. The Bible says that God is a spirit and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. We are also spirit, right? The spirit of God lives on the inside of us. But the only reason that we can be seen or we have a physical body is because we were created for this planet that we live on. Amen. If we were not on planet earth, we probably would not need a physical body. Amen. If we lived in the spirit and we shall live in the spirit, glory to God, we shall be immortal. This mortal man shall put on immortality. Amen. Then, uh, then we won't need a physical body anymore. Right. But as long as we're upon this earth, we need a physical body. And I've explained in previous messages how God created man, because that's the biggest argument of the atheist or the unbeliever is that man is uh, man was not God didn't God wasn't real and or God did not create man. Amen. And science will tell you that. Yes, God did create man and, and how he created man. Amen. And why Adam's name was Adam or Atom. Amen. All right. So let's start here in the book of Exodus um, and look at this golden calf. Let's look here at Exodus. Um, I'm going to read this here. Exodus. Hope you have your Bible tonight. Uh, chapter 32. Exodus 32. <clears throat> and uh, we're going to read uh, from verse 1 here. And I'm just kind of going to going to skip through a little bit here, but we're going to we're going to uh, read this. I don't have a whole lot of scripture for you tonight. I know normally I overload you with scripture, but I'm just going to be dropping the word for the sake of time. And then we, uh, you just, you know, you just pick it up, jot it down on a notepad or whatever, or go to the scripture, please. Because I don't want it to ever be said that sister Shelley told you something and you know, you don't know about that, or I don't know if this is true, or I don't know if it's in the Bible. It is in the Bible if I gave it to you because I got it from the Bible. And man has different ways of interpreting things, but the Holy Spirit only has one interpretation. Did you catch it? Okay, so let's uh, let's make sure that we that we go back and visit the scripture um, if we're not able to uh, to look at look at it or read it right then and there. Amen. Um, be a Berean. Amen. Be a Berean. Um, okay. So we're starting at uh, verse 32 or chapter 32, verse one. It says, and when, when the people saw that Moses delayed, okay, highlight that word delayed. When the people saw, uh oh, when the people saw, you see the first problem, the people saw that Moses delayed to come down out of the mount. So he was in um, he was in the mountain with God, right? And he was there for a long time because God was giving him instructions for the people. He gave them commandments. He gave them laws and ordinances. Amen. And it took a moment. 
Yeah, it took a minute. You know what I'm saying? But uh, he delayed, right? So when the people saw that Moses delayed to come down out of the mount, the people gathered themselves together unto Aaron and said unto him, up, make, I'm in the King James Version, my favorite version. You can read it in your favorite, but the King James just packs a punch that I, I, I don't get from other translations. Amen. Um, so I, I, I like it raw. Um, it says, it's, it says that um, the people said unto, they gathered themselves together. First of all, they gathered themselves now, what are we seeing here so far? We see that we see that the people saw. So they're walking by sight and not by faith, first of all, right? And then they saw that Moses delayed. So what's the number one thing that we don't like to do? Wait, right? We don't like to wait. We're impatient. We're a microwave society. We want it now. Burger King, have it your way, right? So they saw that Moses was taking too long. And they gathered themselves together. Think Tower of Babel here, and you will see where this spirit came from. Tower of Babel. Just remember that, right? The people came together. They gathered themselves together, and they said, let us build us a tower, and let us make a name for ourselves. Are we seeing it? Okay. So this is the same thing here. <laughs> Um, they, they gathered themselves together unto Aaron and said unto him, up, make us gods, which shall go before us for as this, for as for this Moses, the man that brought us up out of the land of Egypt, we know not what has become of him as for this Moses. Oh, so now I'm a stranger and I, I just finished, you know, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Leading, leading y'all out of Egypt. You know, I, I just I just finished uh, stretching out rods over Red Seas. I just finished. I was scared to death myself. You know what I mean? But I just finished standing in the gap for y'all. And I just finished helping you get free. But now I'm a stranger. Oh, you know, oh, oh, y'all trying to act brand new. You know, as for this Moses. Aaron should have been like, what? You know, but as for, they said, they said, they said to Aaron, you go, uh, make us gods, which shall go before us for as for this Moses, the man that brought us up out of the land of Egypt, we, we know not what is become of him. And Aaron said unto him, unto them, break off the golden earrings, which are in the ears of your wives, of your sons and of your daughters and bring them unto me. And all the people break off the golden earrings, which were in their ears and brought them unto Aaron. What's wrong with Aaron? Just tell me what's wrong. What, what, what? <laughs> Just, you ain't going to even put up a fight. Okay. Okay. Verse three. And all the people did what, the, what he said. They brought, they break off their golden earrings, which were in their ears and brought them unto Aaron. And he, he received them at their hand and fashioned it with a graving tool after he had made, after he had made it a golden calf, after he had made it a golden calf. And they said, these be thy gods, O Israel, which brought thee up out of the land of Egypt. And when Aaron saw it, he built an altar before it. He just messing up left and right, right? 
he built an altar before the calf and Aaron made proclamation and said, tomorrow is a feast to the Lord. Now you want to celebrate. Okay. And they rose up early on the morrow and offered burnt offerings and brought peace offerings. And the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. Amen. This is the first time it's mentioned in the Bible. It's also mentioned in the prophets, but this is where it came from. Okay. They, the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. Amen. God bless you, Julio uh, Rice 9. God bless you. Thank you for joining us tonight. Thank you for being here. Um, so, so what does it say? It says that Aaron, uh, first thing he did was he just, you know, <laughs> he got a, a whole Saul thing going on and Saul wasn't even born yet. You know, let's just do what the people want, right? And he lied like Saul too. <laughs> if you notice, so he, he told the people, bring your earrings, bring your gold. And, um, and then he made it into a calf, a molten calf. Now, where did he get the idea from to make a calf? C-A-L-F, like a bull. Where did he get that idea from? See, we have to remember that they came out of Egypt. This calf was an Egyptian idol by the name of Baal. It was an Egyptian idol uh, that the Egyptians, uh, if you go back and you look at um, the Egyptian uh, gods and everything, you will see this same calf. Um, and you also, you also see that their gods were, were half animal and half man. Amen. It was all, always like a mixture of, of man and beast. Amen. And so, um, uh, let me show you this right here real quick. Talking about this, uh, this golden calf, it was an idol. Um, bear with me just a second. Let me get the, a little bit of history for you on it. I was reading earlier. Okay. It says here that um, the golden calf. Oh, where was I? Where was I? Where was I? Bear with me just a second. Yeah, it says that um, this worship of the golden calf um, is seen as a supreme act of apostasy. I'm reading from Britannica. The rejection of a faith once confessed. That's what I. That's what I. What I pulled from that. The rejection of a faith once confessed. So what did we see? We saw that the children of Israel. They were watching. They. You know. They saw. The Bible says they saw that Moses delayed. So they're walking by sight and not by faith. But God expects us to walk by faith and not by sight. Right? We serve a God who is unseen. We serve a God who is invisible, the invisible God. Amen. Almighty God. And so how can you believe in something that you cannot see? You have to have faith. Amen. So, so it, it says here that the, this is the worship of the, the worship of the golden calf was calf was seen as a supreme act of apostasy in the religious, uh, in the Egyptian 
religions. The rejection of a faith once confessed, the figure is probably a represent, representation of the Egyptian bull god Apis, A-P-I-S, in the earlier period and of the Canaanite fertility god Baal in the latter period. Amen. We're talking about the Egyptian period, right? So you have this bull god called Apis and this fertility god called Baal, right? And these gods are still worshipped today. Um, if if you, um, I don't know if you if you heard my uh, episode on um, uh, the spirit of the ox, um, I talked about this bull and how this bull was worshipped, and um, and also mentioned the 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 bull of Wall Street, right? It also represents Baal. Baal uh, represents. Um, uh, it was an idol that they worshiped not only for fertility, but also for prosperity, um, you know, in, in terms of, of, of money and things of that nature. So we have this bull, this uh, bull on Wall Street, right, which is New York's financial district. Um, and it's a char it's a it's a statue of a charging bull. Look it up if you don't know what I'm talking about. Uh, Lucas invested me, uh, invest in me. In Mentos, Lucas, <laughs> God bless you. Thank you for joining us tonight. Uh, so there's this bull on Wall Street uh, called the Charging Bull. It is a statue in New York's financial uh, district. And um, I talked about that in that this bull in that episode and what it represented. You can go back and listen to the episode or watch it on YouTube. It's called uh, the Spirit of the Ox. But um I didn't realize that when the Lord had me speaking about that bull, that the actual creator of this Wall Street bull, whose name was Arturo Di Modica, um, apparently, you know, uh, I, I, I don't, I don't know, like where he's from. I think he's from, he's from Rome, some uh, somewhere over there, Italy, um, but. He actually died during that time when I was talking about this bull in that message um, that he actually uh, he actually died. Uh, let's see. He was. Uh, bear with me. Let me let me pull up the information on him. I didn't even know that this was happening. I was like, oh my gosh, wow. Uh, when I looked it up again, yeah, you know, he he had passed on. Okay, it says Wall Street Bull sculptor dies. Uh, he died at the age of 80. Um, uh, it's, a, it's, it's a long article here, so I won't, uh, I won't prolong you by reading all of this, but I can't read all of this. <laughs> it's a lot. But um, yeah, go look at that. Go look at that. The fact that that he actually died. Um, but he was the one who created the bull and, um, and sent the bull over here to America. If you notice a lot of the idols that we have in America, um, even the, the Statue of Liberty is um, they were these were um, uh, created by by foreigners and they sent these these idols over here to america and the statue of liberty is not the only statue of liberty there's it there's also another statue of liberty um 
in uh, uh, France where it came from. Amen. So yeah, fun fact. But yeah, so let's let's get back to this. Um, so what did Aaron do wrong? The first thing he did was he he listened to the people instead of you know obeying the voice of God. Um, he created this molten calf, right? And he had the image in his mind from the Egyptians, right? And um, after they made it, the Bible says that um, they began to uh, they began to worship it as a god or as gods, meaning God, um, according to to the scripture here. And then it says, when Aaron saw it, he built an altar before it. Now <laughs> you're building building an altar unto a, another god, and then you you proclaim a feast and right. And then it, the Bible says that the people sat down to eat and drink and they rose up to play very significant. Um, because what this, what this suggests is, is illicit and immoral sexual activity in relation to those practices normally accompanying, uh, accompanying the fertility rites found among the Canaanites who worship the God Baal and his consort Ashtaroth. Amen. Um, so when it says they rose up to play, it's not talking about playing. These were grown men and women here. You know what I'm saying? These were not children, you know, even though it says that they were the children of Israel. Uh, Lilia Laite, God bless you. Thank you for joining us tonight. Even though it says that, that, that they were, um, you know, the children of Israel, these were grown men and women, men and women, you know, and they were, uh, when it says they rose up to play, this is talking about illicit sexual activity or sexual behavior. We're talking about orgies here. Amen. We're plug your, your kids ears. Cause this is about to get, you know, no, but we're talking about sexual immorality, fornication here. Amen. And I told you before, I honestly believe because that this is the main thing that Satan is pushing is sexual sin, which opens you up or opens the door for demons to come in and, and rob your temple for the thieves to come in and rob your temple. Amen. That's the reason why so many of us need deliverance is because we can't get rid, get past this, this issue of sexual sin. Amen. Some of us, you know, we say, oh, I'm not sleeping with nobody. You know, I, 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 I'm, I'm celibate, but you have a spiritual husband or a spiritual wife. Amen. You got incubus or succubus visiting you at night because the enemy is trying to keep your temple doors open. Are we hearing it? Are we hearing it? Pastors, leaders in the churches who struggle with this right here. You know, sexual sin, pornography, you know, and, 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 and adultery, fornication and all those things. Why do you think it's so hard to stop? You know what I'm saying? I mean, I was a victim. I can tell you it was very hard to stop. It took me years to stop and to stay stopped. You know what I mean? It took Listen, it took deliverance. It took fasting. It took prayer. It took, you know, it took denying myself. It took, you know, so it's not just something that's so easy to stop. And why, so why is it that the enemy is pushing this sexual agenda so hard? 
That's what he's been pushing since the beginning. The Bible says Cain was of the wicked one. I'm just saying. Uh, it was not a fruit. It was not an apple that they partook of. You know? It's, it, it was not. It was not. Now watch this. Yeah, go back and watch my last my last um, message, and you'll you know, you'll get it all in there. But I gotta keep moving. If you have questions, you can just drop them in the comment section, and I'll get to those for you. But I gotta keep moving. Now it says here that um, these people uh, sat down to eat and drink, and they rose up and they started behaving themselves um, sexually illicit, immorally. Amen. Um, and, uh, then it says that the Lord said unto Moses, get down, get thee down for thy people, which thou, which thou, your people, Moses, <laughs> which thou brought out, which you brought out of the land of Egypt have corrupted themselves. Right now they're your people. <laughs> God has a sense of humor. He said, he said, now your people that you brought out of the land of Egypt have corrupted themselves. Get down. They have turned aside quickly out of the way which I commanded them. They have made them a molten calf and have worshipped it and, and, and sacrificed thereunto and said, These be thy gods, O Israel, which have brought thee up out of the land of Egypt. And the Lord said unto Moses, I have seen this people, and behold, it is a stiff-necked people. It is a stiff-necked people. Stiff-necked means stubborn very stubborn people, right? And then the Lord said to Moses, I have seen them. He says, now, therefore, leave me alone for my wrath, uh, that my wrath may wax hot against them, that I may consume them. That means destroy them, by the way. And, and I will make of you, Moses, a great nation. <clears throat> I will make of you a great nation. So, the Moses, Moses begins to intercede for the people. This was the first intercession. Moses begins to pray and intercede for this people that God does not kill them in his anger because God was extremely mad. He was very, very mad. Amen. You think God doesn't have a soul. He has a mind. He has a will and he has emotions. He gets mad. Yes, he did. Yes, he does. And his righteous, his anger is righteous anger. Amen. It is a righteous indignation, which we all should have a righteous indignation or a passion for justice. Are we hearing it? A passion for justice for what is just and what is right. Amen. Glory to God. And so um, what is the Lord saying there? The Lord is saying this. He's saying that religion, the reason um, uh, we have such a hard time uh, getting away from religion is because man needs, has this, this, this fleshly desire to worship an image or someone that he can see instead of having faith in the unseen God, right? Or our heavenly father. So what, so, so why is that? You know, uh, think about, think about Saul, you know, the reason, the reason, um, prophet Samuel, um, anointed Saul as king was because the children, the, the, the people were crying out to God for a king. They wanted a king. Right. This has been the, their problem. 
from the beginning, from since Egypt, they wanted to be ruled over. They wanted to be, you know, they, they still had that slave mentality that we need a king over us. Who's going to rule over us? Who's going to lead us? Who's going to be responsible for our, mis for our mistakes? <laughs> Who can we quote unquote be accountable to? So when we mess up, we can blame it on him. Oh, come on, somebody. Come on. Come on. That's some truth right there, right? And so what is what are we saying? This is religion. This is the reason that religion is lingering around. It is the it is is because someone people need this 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 image, this man, this person, right? And when we look at the at the history of Baal worship. We see why Baal worship. Yeah, because this golden calf, many people have turned religion and church into a golden calf. It is the Baal of this day. That's why the devil is all up in it. It is the Baal of this day. What am I saying? I'm saying that people have turned religion they have turned their denominations, they have turned their churches, they have turned their pastors, their leaders into idols. Amen. Into idols. Yes, yeah, 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 we have. We 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 desire to worship a creature more than the creator. Amen. We desire to worship an image or a man or a being that we can see that looks like us, right? Rather than worshiping the unseen God, rather than serving the unseen God, rather than taking responsibility for our own obedience to the unseen God. Amen. The children of Israel even feared God because they saw how when he appeared unto Moses, how he rent the mountains and the rocks and everything. And they were afraid the lightnings and all that stuff, the, the earthquaking and all that was happening. And they were afraid of God. They were afraid of God. Perhaps that's the reason why they wanted, you know, someone to lead them. Now, God did choose Moses to uh, to lead the people, the children of Israel out of Egypt. He chose to use deliverers. Amen. But there came a period. Why? He, 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 he did that to lead them out of bondage into... Um, unto him into a place of knowing him or into a place of intimate relationship with him he's saying i i'm i brought you out of darkness into my marvelous light that you would show forth so you could show forth my praise not the praise of man but so you could show forth my praise in the land of the living i brought you out so that you could worship me not the man who brought you out, not the man that I used to deliver you, right? So this, um, let me give you the rest of this, what the Lord said. He says that um, when you look, well, when you look here at the, at, at the history of Baal worship, um, we can see here that they worshiped this idol because they wanted something from him. Amen. If we have, uh, if we have something that we can go to, um, to, uh, to use as a, as a, uh, 
conduit or a connection point uh, between spiritual worlds. You know what I mean? Between us and the spirit world. Because they understood that the spirit world was real. We the only crazy people walking around here nowadays that act like the spirit ain't real. And, and, and people who are you know too quote unquote spiritual are too deep. We're the only ones that, re that, that, that think that the physical world is more real than the spiritual world when it's actually the other way around. And so, but they understood that. And they understood that and, and they and they 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 were thinking, okay, we the reason we need a God or an idol or an image is because we we want a connection point. This is what actually happens. This is what actually happens. When you this this is why people use things today like Ouija boards and, and eight balls and magic balls and, 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 and tarot cards and, and, and all these kinds of things that they used to they used to tap into to another spiritual realm, which is this which is the realm of darkness. Amen. But they, they're doing it because they understand that the spirit world is real. Amen. We are a spiritual people. We got to admit it. Right. And so um, uh, God had told God had told Abraham, you know, that, you know, he had given that given him the Ten Commandments. And the second commandment was that you shall have no other gods before me or you shall have you shall not make any molten image. Um, Exodus. Uh, where's the Ten Commandments? Y'all. Exodus uh, 12, Exodus 13, hold on, let me see, Exodus 23, Exodus 20, the Ten Commandments, if you want to know where the Ten Commandments are found, we didn't forgot about those Ten Commandments, haven't we, they're in the book of Exodus chapter 20, um, and the second commandment was, thou shalt have no other gods, uh, excuse me, Thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or, or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. <laughs> so you see, God knew. See, he doesn't tell us, he doesn't warn us about anything <laughs> or tell us about anything that he doesn't already know. Um, is 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 going to happen amen that's why he's warning us because warning comes before destruction and then what does it say um it says thou shalt not bow down thyself to them nor serve them for i the lord thy god am a jealous god visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children unto the third and fourth generation of them that hate me and showing mercy unto thousands of them that love me and keep my commandments. Amen. So he's telling you, he's saying, look, I am the Lord. I am the Lord, your God. I am. I am. Right. And he said, I'm the one who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. I did it. And, and you shall have no other gods before me. That's the first commandment. Don't have any other gods before him, right? Secondly, don't even make a graven image or the likeness of anything. Don't make an image of anything that looks like anything in heaven or in earth 
or under the earth. Right? So how look around you. <laughs> how many graven images do we see today? I mean, they've been making this since, since he since he told them not to. We've been we've been doing this since he told us not to. So he said we're a stubborn people. We're a stiff-necked people. You know, people walking around here making these making these uh uh images and and many of us even have them in our churches. You know what I mean? God said don't make an image of anything like that. Because what it's going to do is it's going to distract your mind from the fact that, number one, that I am your God. I don't want you looking to anything or anyone else but me. Right? And then he said, and, and, and secondly, because in doing so, you are opening up a door or a portal for, the, for, for darkness to come into you. Amen. What happened after they built that, after they made the molten calf and after they made an altar and, and bowed down and worshiped the thing, then the thing started telling them, demons started speaking through that thing, telling them to take off their clothes and commit lewd sexual immorality, immoral behavior, you know, just start, you know. Let's have a party. Let's play. You see what I'm saying? You see what I'm saying? So, so, so God has a reason for these things. Now, what did he say? Um, that this, uh, this molten, excuse me, this, um, uh, idol Baal also, um, they worshiped him. For they worshiped him for um, uh, prosperity, for prosperity. And if we look here, let me, if we look here at this a little bit closer, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to give you uh, um, something I was I was sharing from or something that I saw from uh, the Berean studies because I trust their studies as well because they you know they come straight straight from the Bible but but um, something that um, something that they said in their in their writings was so true. It says here. Um, let me grab it. It says here that old time religion, it, uh, old time religion is the golden calf revival or the revival of the golden calf. That that um, these, you know, these people who are <laughs> who are uh, trying to bring back this like old time religious spirit or this charismatic spirit. Um, back into the church is um, is like reviving the golden calf. Now, okay, this is what he said. He said, um, a, a wicked and adulterous generation seeketh after a sign. That's Matthew 16 and 4, right? 
um, a, a wicked and adulterous sick generation seeketh after a sign. Now, this is what Jesus said, right? So this is also confirming that this generation or this people, we're always looking for something we can see. We're always looking for a sign, right? And then it says, um, it, it says, tra it says, tragically, as we've seen, such ignorance and gullibility of is a sign of the times. And he was talking about like the the foolish things that um, a lot of these uh, these church leaders have done that have absolutely nothing to do with God and absolutely nothing to do with pure religion, right? Um, but is actually sorcery and witchcraft. And, and, and it says that by enticing believers with higher and hidden knowledge of a secret place accessible by anyone who surrenders to Christ in meditation and prophets, uh, uh, prophets uh, of the, I don't know what LRR means, fits Christ's description of those who enter not in by the door of the sheepfold. That's what stood out to me because this is what's happening. There, there are leaders out here who are not actually shepherds. They are, they are wolves in sheep's clothing and they don't enter in by the door or by Christ, amen, into the sheepfold. But they climbed up some other way and established themselves as a church leader or established a church building or rented a storefront or whatever it was that they did, right? And they set themselves up in there. You know what I'm saying? And, 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 and begin to have influence over the people. And, but they're not a true shepherd. So what that, what does that make them? It makes them a thief and a robber, right? It, be, it, it says that, um, in the, in the, in the word, it says that, uh, when, when the wolf sees the sheep, uh, excuse me, when the false shepherd sees the sheep, sees the wolf coming, he flees. He does not protect the sheep. Amen. Because he is not a true shepherd, but a hireling. Amen. And so that is another reason why religion is so prevalent is because it's, it's based nowadays on money. A lot of these Religious leaders are nothing more than hirelings. That's why we have to be very, very careful. And we cannot uh, be walking around here with itching ears, just looking for someone to tell us what we want to hear, because they will tell you what you want to hear in exchange for a dollar. Amen a whole lot of dollars, right? They will even tell you how many dollars to give them. Amen. Somebody in here need to give 3000. Somebody in here need to give 500. Somebody in here, the Lord said you need to give a thousand. So seven, 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 you sow your seven, seven, seven seed for a seven, seven complete miracle, which is a complete lie, right? So this is what they're doing. So, so, um, religion has nothing to do with kingdom. <clears throat> God never told us to do that in the kingdom. In the kingdom, we, we see the commonwealth of Israel, right? Where uh, the people came together and they put their uh, they put their money or whatever they had together so that everyone's needs would be met. It was not about one man or 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 or, or uh, taking care of a man and his family. 
You know, you know what I mean? It was never about that. It was about everyone's needs being taken care of, right? And um, I'm not talking about every church. I know every church is not like this, but the majority, especially in African-American communities, we got to get this right, you guys, because people are perishing in these churches and, and many people are actually dying in these, in these churches because of their disobedience because of their lack of knowledge and because of their idol worship, idol worship, idolizing a pastor, idolizing a leader, idolizing, you know, the, the worship leader, the, you know, you turn anything and anybody into an idol and God said, stop it, stop it. To the leaders, he is saying what Jesus said. You cannot serve God and mammon. You can't. You literally can't. You're going to hate one and love the other. Literally. Literally. And, 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 and we keep trying to do that and trying to do that. But, but it's impossible. It's impossible. He said to me, the Holy Spirit said, religion is about the soul um uh is it is it's primarily about the soul amen we see here in the scripture that you know it was it was uh the enemy enters in through your soul right through your mind or your thought life amen and and then commands you or tells you what to do now you in your soul is what your mind, your will, and your emotions. He enters in through your emotions by playing music, right? I'm pretty sure that they had to. They was dancing, you know. Let's eat, let's drink, let's get drunk, let's dance, and let's play. Let's play, right? So this is what um, this is what was going on. That music and, and that kind of stuff, the kind of music that they were playing. Now, all music ain't bad music, but we know that Lucifer was the, you know, he was the, uh, he was the worship leader, you know, and, and he knows how to manipulate music and make it sound seductive and nasty even. He knows what keys to hit and he tells his servants how to do it, right? And, 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 and this music begins to, it, it seduces, it seduces your soul. It seduces your mind. It seduces your mind. And then when your mind has been seduced and he begins to instruct you in there, right? And tell you what, what he wants you to do next. Now he's controlling your will. He's, he's driving your car. He's controlling your will now. You see what I'm saying? He's, 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 he's behind the wheel of your car, which controls your flesh, which controls your flesh. So the soul is controlling the flesh instead of the spirit controlling the flesh. Are you hearing it? The, your spirit man is supposed to control your soul and your flesh. Your soul is not supposed to be in charge are we seeing that so so what did the lord say he said religion is about the soul it's all about the soul and when we go into these churches we will see that 
it, it they're operating out of the soulish realm. It is the soul that is being enticed, the soul that is being soothed, the soul that is being put to sleep, the soul that is being seduced, the soul, the soul. It's all about the soul. If I, you know, if if you pay attention, you you will find yourself asking, where is the spirit of God? Where is the spirit of God that convicts us of sin? Where is the spirit of God, you know, that, that leads us to repentance? Where is the spirit of God? So the religion is all about the soul, but kingdom relationship is about the spirit. It is about the spirit because the spirit is God. Amen. Um, and, and, and he also said the word of God spoken by the spirit of God. What does the Bible say? That the word of God is quick and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, right? That pierces and divides asunder the soul from the spirit. They must be divided asunder, the soul from the spirit. So the word of God that is alive and powerful when it is spoken by the spirit of God, that's what's missing. When it is spoken by the spirit of God, Jesus said, my word is spirit and my word is life. When it is spoken by the spirit of God, it separates, it splits the soul from the spirit. Now you step back and you can say, oh, devil, I see you. You know what I mean? Now you can see yourself, right? Bible is like it, the Bible says that um, this, this the scriptures are like a mirror. This thing is like a mirror. Book of James, right? And 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 you behold, you're looking at yourself now. Now you can see yourself. But if the word is not is not being preached or spoken or even taught by the Spirit of God, you will know or be able to discern that that is not the Spirit of God because it does not show you yourself. It doesn't show you yourself. All you see is the performer. All you see is what's before you, right? But the, what did he say? Your soul and your spirit are, are supposed to be separated when the word is, is preached by the spirit. This is why most people cannot discern. They still can't discern. Even church leaders still cannot discern the difference between when someone is operating in the soul versus the spirit. Many of us cannot tell the difference. We don't know the difference between the soul and the spirit. We have no clue. We have no clue. We just in there looking. We just in there looking, right? You Do you know what's, what's before you? Religion is all about the outward. It's about the outward show instead of the inward. It makes you look outwardly instead of inwardly. Amen. It is a, it, 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 it is about a performance. It's not about the power of God. It's about performance. Let us, let us give, let us give them a good show. Amen. Let us give them a good show. Let us give them something they can enjoy. Makes them relax. Makes them comfortable. 
makes them mediocre, lukewarm, right? Religion, why? Because religion takes. <laughs> if I can make you comfortable, if I can seduce you into relaxing here, you know, just make yourself at home. If I can give you enough comfort, then I can take from you. Yeah, because I'm letting, I, I, I'm, I'm pulling your, gu your guards down. Yeah, see, man is, will never say that they're doing that because man is not doing that. The enemy is using man to do that. And that's why they don't like preachers and prophets like us that, that expose the thing for what it really is because now you have to make a decision. Am I going to be offended by this person or am I going to receive the truth and be set free today? Amen. Amen. You know, I'm sorry, but, but you know, I really feel bad for, for ministers. And I'm one of those ministers who was a um, prophetic and a deliverance minister. We don't stand a chance. People don't want to hear that word that, you, that you're carrying. You know what I'm saying? Because it's offensive and it's confrontational. We came to confront the powers of hell. See, the kingdom of God is confrontational. It's not standoffish. It's not an offensive, you know, it, it, it's not an, you know, a, a defensive uh, sport. It is, it is the offense. That's why offense you see in the word there, offend or offend. It offends you. Amen. And, 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 and it's not meant to hurt you. But sometimes we have to hurt your feelings in order to save your soul. Sometimes if you're not offended, you won't wake up. Because people, you're so used to people caressing you and smooth and, 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 and rubbing you, you know, and, and making it easy and, and smooth words. And you got itching ears because people have been preaching smooth words to you. Nothing offends you enough to make you want to prove them wrong then. Yeah, just prove me wrong then. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Let's get up and do something about this thing. So, so, so this is what God said. And, and, the, and the Holy Spirit said this. He said, um, it's all about the outward show. We have these seeker friendly churches around that is all about the outward show. They are seeker friendly. They are, they are there to appeal to those who are seeking a church home. You know, very exact opposite of Jesus ministry. When they tried to follow Jesus, Jesus said, wait a minute. He said, wait a minute. He said, now, you know, if you're going to follow me, this means that you have to give up everything you have. You have to be willing to give up everything to follow me. Let me give you the real deal here. You, you know, this is going to cost you everything. It's going to cost you everything. This is not an easy walk. This is not a cake walk. It's going to cost you everything. And if you put your hand to the plow and look back, if you start on this journey with me and you turn around and look back, you're not even worthy to walk with me. You're not even fit for this kingdom. That's what Jesus said. You see? Opposite. So religion tells you the opposite. Come one, come all. 
Just come on. Oh, we'll find, we'll make use for you somewhere around here. And then you work in the people for free. All in the name of uh, whosoever will let them come. Yeah. But God sometimes had to, he, he threw some fish back. Didn't he? You, you, you have, yeah. He said, let me separate them. And, and you know, because some of these are going to have to go back. Are we hearing it? So he, so he said that he said religion is, is about taking, but love is about giving uh, pure religion in the book of James. It talks about pure religion. Let me, let me grab that for you real quick. James, uh, go with me to James real quick. I'm going to show you what pure religion is. James is right after Hebrews, if you don't know. James, uh, excuse me, um, pure religion, James chapter 1 verse 27 says, pure religion and undefiled, undefiled before God and the Father is this, to visit the, <clears throat> to visit the fatherless and widows in their affliction. That means to help them in their affliction or in their time of need. And to keep himself unspotted from the world. Religion tells you just mix in with the world. Just blend in. You know. Uh, you know. Let's become all things so we can win some. No, no, no. Uh-uh. Everybody can't handle that. Everybody's not ready for that. Right? So, so, But that's what religion teaches you. Let's just blend in with the world. Let's just accept them in, you know. But, 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 but kingdom says... God told them, come out from among them and be ye separate unto me and touch not the unclean thing. Amen. That's the difference. That's the difference. So, so religion is about the commonwealth. Uh, pure religion is about the commonwealth of Israel. It's not about taking, you know, uh, from people to build your own empire. It is not. It is not. It is, it's, it's not about taking from people in order. See, it's not that you don't need to uh, receive any kind of offerings from the people or even, uh, you know, tithe from the people. If you are actually leading the people and if you are not using, manipulating the scripture to twist people's arms into giving. Because when you read Malachi chapter 3, real good, you realize that God wasn't talking to the people when he said, you're robbing me. He was talking to the priest. When he said, you know, you will a man rob God for, for tithes and offerings? He was actually talking to the priest. He wasn't talking to the people. So when we get to the root of truth there, yeah, you have to go and read it from the beginning of chapter 3, Malachi chapter 3. In fact, read chapter 2 and chapter 3, and you'll see it. It's very plain and clear. So, so, so what am I saying? I'm saying that, yes, you know, um, the, the, the priests did, they, you know, yeah, they, they lived off the, um, the work of the ministry or, the, you know, their service in the temple or the offerings of the people, right? But those priests were also keeping very strict... Um, uh, ordinances and laws that God had given to them, you know, uh, 
to, uh, to consecrate themselves as priests before the Lord. A lot of these priests are not consecrated unto the Lord in that way. They are not even Nazarite. They don't, they don't even have the spirit of a Nazarite. They don't sacrifice or give up anything. And they're just renegades running around here trying to tell people, you know, what to do and then give me your money. You know what I'm saying? That's re that's a religious spirit. That is a religious, rebellious spirit of witchcraft and Jezebel and Antichrist. Just circle answer D. That's all of them. You know, that's what they're doing. And they, they expect you to take care of them and pay their bills and their house note and their car note. But they're not shepherds. They're not shepherds. You see that. Now, another thing the Spirit of the Lord said is that religion, religion kills. Religion kills. Turn this on. Religion kills, but love revives. Religion kills. Think about the Pharisees now. Religion will kill you. They killed Jesus, religious spirits. They killed Jesus, but love revives. He, what did Jesus do? He rose on the third day. He gave up his life for us. He sacrificed himself for us because he was a true shepherd. And he rose on the third day to give us resurrection life, to give us eternal life. Amen. So love resurrects, it revives, it restores, amen. But religion kills, it, it, it kills. It's judgmental. It uses the law to stone you, amen. Religion does, but love revives, amen. It revives and it, and it resurrects. Another thing the Spirit of the Lord said to me, religion is just another form of slavery, or bondage. See, the children of Israel, when they came out of Egypt, they they had a slave mentality that, that walked right into that wilderness with them. Amen. And 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 religion is just like that. It, it says that I have not shaken that this this slave mentality. I need a master, I need a leader over me that I can see. Even if, even if the leader is abusive, you know, they just want someone, an image that they can see, that they can get their food from and get their, you know what I'm saying? Now, how many of us are depending on the system, you know, to take care of us instead of walking by faith in God? See, religion, what do we say? It walks by sight and not by faith. That's why most of the religious leaders, you know, they they heavily rely on your on your giving, right? Because and and they say, you know, um, in order for us to do this and in order for us to do that, y'all have to give the money, right? But real faith will not look to man to provide, but will look to God to provide. And God will make a way for man to provide. Amen. You know, but it, 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 it's a heart thing. How is, your, how is our, our heart postured? Are we trusting God? Are, is our heart postured vertically looking to God 
to supply all our need or to meet, you know, to, to meet the need or are, is your heart looking to the people? That's the difference. And God is the one who can see that heart. We might not be able to see it, but God can see it. You see, God can see it. And so religion, you know, it's a religious spirit because religious, religious spirit <laughs> always takes. It always takes, right? And, uh, and it, is a, it is another form of slavery, right? Enslaving you to a house or a place, amen, where you have a master or a leader, right? And, 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 and not to, not to uh, confuse that with the order of the church, the divine order of the church, because that was set up and established by God. But I'm talking about motive here. We're talking about motive and taking advantage of a people who have a, because they still have a slave mentality. You see why, why so many of these churches are established in the ghettos and in the hoods, right? In the African-American community communities, you have churches on every corner that don't carry the power of God though, that the people are not free though, that the people are still bound though. And the people still looking to the preacher instead of looking to Jesus. They don't know any better. They have this, they still have this slave mentality. They are trapped in a dimension and they dance to the tune of the slave master. I'm going to say that again. They are dancing to the tune of the slave master in those churches. They're trapped in a dimension of, of, of mental bondage. They cannot break free from that mental religious bondage. And it's killing them. It's killing them. It's killing them. Glory to God. Hey, sis, how are you? Thank you for joining me tonight. Um, it's killing them. You know what I mean? And, and, and it really breaks my heart. It really breaks my heart because I came, I used to be in the, the, those kind of churches. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I remember sitting in churches like that, you know, and, and they call it the Pentecost movement, but baby, dead manna breeds worms. We still believe in Pentecost and the Holy Ghost, but let's get the real Holy Ghost. Let's, let's get the real Holy Ghost. Let's not worship Pentecost. Let's worship God and the Holy Ghost and Jesus Christ, his son. Let's, let's worship the Godhead now. Are we seeing it? Are we seeing it? So it's just another form of, 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 of slavery or bondage where we came out from up under a slave master in America, you know, and we, and we carried that mentality into the church. And we look, it, it, we look at the pastor or the preacher as God or our master it, 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 see, this this is the thing that sets you free on Sunday and leaves you bound the rest of the week. Leave you bound the rest of the week because you're depending on the preacher, right? Deliverance, though, through the truth, which is Jesus, makes us free. Said so you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. It makes you free forevermore. Now you're looking unto Jesus. You have a relationship with Jesus when you leave that church. Amen. You have a relationship. You look forward to going home and spending the rest of your week with the Lord. 
Amen. And you're not waiting, uh, you know, on another uh, church message. You know, you're not waiting to get back to another message when you have Jesus. You have the living word right here with you every day of the week. And when you get in this, you have something to bring back into the house of God to add to the service. Amen. You can add, you can encourage a sister, you can encourage a brother, you can exhort Amen. In the house. You have something to contribute to the corporate anointing in the house. Another thing, next thing the Lord said to me, religion is for the public. Religion is for the public, but kingdom relationship is private. Did you catch it? Religion is about the public, what the public eye can see. The kingdom is about what is done and what's happening in private. You ever notice that, that God is a spirit? You can't see him. <laughs> and Jesus said, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. Amen. Kingdom relationship is private. What did Jesus say? He said, whatever you do in secret. Amen. I will reward you openly. So we're talking about the outer cup versus the inner cup. That's why he called the Pharisees, the religious uh, Pharisees, whitewashed tombs. Because on the outside, they looked like they had it all together. It was just a show for the public. But inwardly, they were ravening wolves and dead men's bones. Amen. That's what we're talking about when, we, when we're talking about religion. Glory to God. Amen. Woman of God said kingdom relationship is personal. Amen. Yes. It's about relationship, not religion. Yes. So, so this is what we're talking about. It's, it's when you have a relationship with God, it's a private matter that he exposes in the public. He is the one who exposes it. You know what I'm saying? This is called humility. When we walk in humility, we don't go into prayer in order to, or, or, or as the scripture says in Isaiah, you know, we're not fasting to uh, make our voice heard on high. We're not going into prayer so we can, you know, openly show or beat people down, you know, in the spirit. No, you know, or show off, you know, how well we can pray and how well we can do this or that. It's not about that. It is about a true relationship with your father. And it is about him allowing him to reveal what he wants to reveal in public. Amen. And, 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 and he's pleased to glorify you in public. He's, the Holy Spirit is pleased to bear witness of what he gave you in secret in the public. We don't need to read the Bible in order in search of a word or a message to preach on Sunday. We read the Bible to, you know, to study, to show ourselves approved unto God. Amen. And, 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 uh, and to, uh, to get nourishment for ourselves. Amen. And then whatever came out of that time in the presence of God, the Lord will share it openly. He will share it openly. When you get up to preach, it's going to come out. 
it's going to come out. We don't have to do that. We don't have to force it. And, 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 um, <laughs> we don't have to force it and, and we don't have to worry about him not revealing. God is faithful. He's not going to leave you hanging there with nothing to say. He said, if you open your mouth, I will feel it. He's going to give you something to say. You know how many times I come on here? I'm dead tired. I don't feel like doing this at all. And I tell the Lord, I have nothing to say. And I told you guys in the beginning of this podcast, if I don't have anything to say, I will not be here speaking point blank period. But the Holy Spirit is the one who tells me, no, get up anyway, because I have something to say. I have something I want to say to them. So I just make myself available and let him speak. And that's what it's about. It's not, it's not about like my, like my pastor Isaiah says, you know, a lot of these preachers, they go to sermon central for their messages. They just pull up a message online, go to sermon central and you got a message for Sunday, you know, abracadabra, abracadabra. I just pulled a rabbit out of a hat. You know what I'm saying? And, and you know, you ain't even, and you wonder why deliverance is not manifesting in your church or the power of God is not manifesting in your church. Demons don't even manifest in your church. That's why. That's why you're, you're stifling the spirit of God. You're not allowing him to move. You're not allowing him to have, have preeminence. So, so, so it's, you know, you just, it, you just there for the public show or are we, let's just ask ourselves the question. A sister says, God wants intimacy. Yes, um, he will present you. Amen. And, and Jesus even said this. He said, you know, uh, Father, uh, glorify me that I may glorify you. Amen. And, and it's just that simple. You know, it's not wrong to want God to glorify you. It's wrong when you want to take the glory from God. Are we hearing it? So the next thing the spirit of the Lord said was, um, uh, religion is about pleasing man and the kingdom is about pleasing God religion. As I said before, it's about pleasing a man, whatever the man tells you to do, whatever the leader tells you to do, that's what your heart is set on doing that. But, but when it comes to what God tells you to do, you don't want to do that. Now you're nervous. Now you're scared. Now you, you know, was that the Lord speaking? You're not sure because you're so used to, you know, being subservient to a, an image that you can see versus the invisible God that you can't see who lives in you and talks to you every day. You know what I'm saying? He's in there speaking every day. Many of us can't even hear his voice. We don't know his voice. But yet he's speaking. The kingdom is about pleasing God. It's not, it's not about pleasing man. What did Apostle Paul say? He said, he said, he said, should I, uh, should I obey man rather than God? Amen. If God tells you, look, some of you are, are, are still in places that are too small for you. God been told you to move, move out, step out. You know, I want to use you now. I want to, uh, I want to work through you now. I want to speak through you now. I want to reach people, the people that I have assigned to you. I want to reach those people now. Their time is now. But we find ourselves out of the timing of God 
when we we're so we're, we have this 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 slave mentality and we're so connected and wrapped up in this person that we're afraid to obey God when God says go or we can't hear God when God says go because all we can hear is the voice of the man talking yeah, but you come in there week in and week out, your brain, your mind is conditioned to the voice of a man. And that's why a lot of us can't hear God, because if we don't go home and get in this right here, we won't be able to hear the voice of God when he's speaking to us. The Holy Spirit, when he is speaking to us, he's going to speak through this. He's going to speak through this. He's going to show you and, and he's going to, he's going to highlight what makes, what, what, wait, wait a minute. That, that doesn't make much sense. Does it now? Because the scripture says this right here. Let's, let's count. Let's add this up. Right. That no one plus one does not equal four. You see? So, so this is what the Lord is saying. He's saying some of you are in places that are too small for you. Um, and, and, and God is telling you to move out, step out, launch out, and I'm going to meet you there, but you're terrified to do it because of this right here is the spirit of religion. It is the slave mentality. Amen. And, and you think that, you know, uh, you, you're afraid of what people are going to say. You're, you're afraid of what people are going to, you know, they, they can't do anything to you. You know what I'm saying? And, 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 and when you step out, you will nine times out of 10 find that the Lord had you all along because they, they, they will say, yeah, okay. Yeah. Let's, let's do this. You know, well, let's see if this was the Lord. Let's see if this was the Lord. And then you step out there and you find out that it was the Lord. Simple, but the, but the spirit of fear, the enemy puts fear in you to keep you locked outside of your kingdom destiny because he, he wants to hold on to those souls that are trapped in your loins. He wants to hold them in bondage. He doesn't want your voice to get loose. See, your voice has your voice has in has an uh, individual or distinctive distinguished influence God gave you a distinctive individual voice for a reason he made you an individual for a reason your voice matters it matters what God put in you it matters it has to be released it has to be released and the enemy doesn't want it to be released so he's going to put he's going to make you afraid He's going to make you hesitant. He's going to make, he's going to give you every excuse in the book why you shouldn't obey God. He's going to make you even doubt the fact that God even said it. Now, I'm not saying that everybody in, in ministry needs to step out. Everybody sitting in churches need to step out and get out there and, and start preaching. I mean, it's not wrong. You know what I'm saying? To be the Samaritan woman, she, she, she wasn't sitting in a church, was she? You know what I'm saying? So, so, you know, marketplace ministry is fine. It's, it's totally fine. But, but what I'm saying is that, yes, there is a time of grooming. There's a time of preparation. There's a time that we must be taught. 
right and and trained up but then we don't need to be you know 50 60 years old in this thing and and sit still sitting up you know i've been in the lord for 40 years and i'm still scared to step out and you know what i'm saying and reach a people for the lord when, when we stand before god he's going to ask you why you didn't use what he gave you why did you bury your your gift why did you bury your talent why did you waste this time that i gave unto you do you not know that time is precious why did you not waste uh, or why did you waste this time why didn't you move when i told you to move when the lord told me to step out i was i was look i was in sin in the church and i still was scared to leave and i sat there for another three years talking about you know okay um I'm going to give it a few more. That's what we're saying. I'm going to give it a few more months. I'm just going to see what happens by this time next year. I'm just going to, you know what I'm saying? Now, are you, are we playing God or is God going to be God? We have to make a decision. You see what I mean? So the next thing he said to me was that, um, um, religion produces self-righteousness. It produces self-righteousness, but kingdom relationship with God produces faith in God and of God. I'm going to say it again. Religion produces self-righteousness. Yeah, because it's about what we can see, the image of man, you know, and we become self-righteous because of what we, what some other, what another man has taught us. Let's just keep it real. Cause a lot of times we don't, we didn't even get in the word to get it for ourselves. We go in there and we sit down and we listen to a preacher preach to us. And then we go out there thinking we know something because our preacher said this and our preacher said that, and we carry that knowledge, right? And then we look at others who don't know what we just heard or weren't there with us and we begin to look down on them you should know better well you should know god said this and my and my pastor said that and so and so said this or that what did god say to you though what did he say to you see self-righteousness is very tricky because a lot of times people that are self-righteous are thieves Plain and simple. They're thieves. They take what they learn from somebody else. They didn't even get it from their, from God they self. And they become self-righteous. Because now you want to act like you got some kind of special knowledge that you don't want to share with somebody else. Or you, you, you looking down your nose at somebody else, you know, like, like the, like the, uh, like the, like the publican. Or, or, or like the two men, you know, the, the two men that were praying in the temple, you know, and, 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 and one of them said, <laughs> Lord, I thank you that, you know, I fast twice a week and I do all this. I pray and all this stuff. And the other man said, beat up on his chest and said, Lord, have mercy on me. You know, the man that the, the first man was self-righteous. He was trusting in, uh, the, in, in the works of the flesh or the things that he did. Just because you went to church, you go to church every Sunday, just because you fast, you fast every week, you know, or just because you can pray like this or pray like that or preach like this or do, you know, now, you know, 
that makes you somehow better than someone else that makes you somehow better glory to god she said relationship produces faith in god amen and the faith of god amen it does produces faith in god and the faith of god so so we can't be self-righteous depending or or trusting in our own self or in in in, in our flesh Amen. Trusting in our flesh or what we have learned or what knowledge we have received from someone else. Get in the word and get uh, get uh, something from God yourself. Get a word from the Lord yourself. And then that produces faith in you. Yeah, it, it, it strengthens your faith and builds your faith muscles because now, you know, you, you're like, no, I heard the Lord say, I heard the Lord say. You know, and, and it gives you the faith of God. And the reason I say that is because it is the, we, we not only need to have faith in God, but we need to have the faith of God or the mind of Christ or the faith of Jesus, the faith of Jesus. See, when Jesus saw great faith, he celebrated it. He was like, wow, I've never seen such faith like this in Israel. He like, oh, you, your faith is kind of is kind of like mine. You know what I mean? Like, wait a minute. You know what I'm saying? It, he was impressed with that. Why? Because no, these people weren't just sitting around waiting for a handout. They weren't just waiting for no. They stepped they they stepped out there and they got it for themselves. And there's nothing wrong with that. Step out there and uh, no, I'm gonna get this thing. I'm gonna get my miracle today. I'm going to get my healing today. You know, they let that man down through the roof of the house. Man, you tear my roof off my house. I'm ready to, I'm ready to shoot you, man. You know what I'm saying? Like what? They risked their life to, uh, to get that man healed. And, and you dealing with, you dealing with Africans too. <laughs> it was an Ethiopian one. I mean, you know, <laughs> She said an active faith. Yes, it's active. It's alive. And, and, you know, um, it, it, it reaches out, you know, the four lepers, they said, why sit, why sit here till we die? Let's get up and get moving and, and go get something. You know, God, God empowers you to do things for yourself in the kingdom. He doesn't need a bunch of babies sitting around the table waiting, waiting to get fed. He said, there comes a time when you know you pick up your spoon and you feed yourself. You know, you go in there, you take a bath and you dress yourself. You know what I'm saying? You clean, you know what I'm saying? Like, we, there's a maturity in this thing. There's a maturity in, uh, level in this thing. Faith to faith, glory to glory, elevation, maturity, promotion, growth, progress, progress. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Progress. God is progressive. And so he's saying, um, don't be self-righteous, but uh, build your, your relationship with God. Um, amen. Understanding his kingdom. And this produces faith in you, faith in God, not only the faith in God, but the faith of God, because God expects you now to get busy. Amen. Do what I showed you to do. Do it how I showed you to do it. You see, when we have faith in God, 
Now we believe in, in what God is doing and what we're seeing God do. And then God says, okay, now you do it. What did Jesus say? He says, greater works than these that you saw me do, shall you do also greater works. Amen. And he was always rebuking them about not having faith enough to do things for themselves. He says, have I not been with you so long? Have you not been watching me so long that you don't know how to do this? Why are you still ask, asking me these same questions? It wasn't because he was angry with them or he was impatient with them. It was because he was trying to show them that, hey, I'm your example. I'm your example. Do as I do. Right? Do as I do. Now, uh, next thing he said is, uh, yeah, because religion, I keep saying this. I have to say it again. Religion teaches us um, how to just only depend on Jesus, only depend on Jesus, only depend on Jesus. I just, I just, I'm, I'm depending on Jesus. I'm waiting on the Lord. I'm waiting on the Lord. And the Lord says, I'm waiting on you because my kingdom is about teaching you to become like Jesus. You know, it's about becoming like Jesus. Beloved, now are we the sons of God? Uh, it's, it's not about what, it's not about, I heard um, my, uh, my mentor, Apostle Pagani said this. He said, it's not about what would Jesus do? You know, we used to have those wear them bracelets. What would Jesus do? Right. WWJD. It's not about what would Jesus do, but it's more about what it's, it's more about do what Jesus did. Did you catch that? It's not about what would Jesus do? It's about doing what Jesus did. Amen. Doing what he did. Now, the next thing the Lord said is that, um, uh, religion is a system of broken beliefs and traditions. It is a system of broken beliefs and, and, and traditions. Why? Because it has limits. It has limits. The kingdom of God is a ruling authority of dominion and power, though. It is limitless. Did you hear that? See, this system... The world system and the religious system is a broken system. It's a broken system. The system is broken. Let's just be honest. It's broken. We see it broke down on the road, left, right, and center, right? Everywhere we look, it's breaking down. The traditions of men are also breaking down. They become more and more meaningless every year. Traditions. Amen. What the traditions of man, not the traditions of God, but the traditions of man that make God's word of no effect. It doesn't benefit the word, you know, in any way. It doesn't advance the word in any way. It doesn't empower anyone in any way. You see what I mean? It makes his word of no effect. It has no, absolutely no effect on you. Right. So, but, but, but what do we see in the religious church? In the religious church, we see man celebrating traditions, rehearsing traditions 
We rejoice in the rehearsing of traditions rather than the power and the authority of God. Rather than looking for, you know what I'm saying? We, we actually wait on the traditions. You know how, you know how, you know, you know, and then you go to, go to church uh, every Easter. You know what I'm saying? On, on Easter, that's when we're going to go to church and we're going to dress up and do the tradition. And when we go home, the word of God has had no effect on us. We're going to do the same thing the next year. And we're going to be the same way we was the next year because we're trapped in the tradition. We are worshiping the tradition rather than worshiping God. Amen. We have more faith in the tradition now. Watch us. Look at us. We will go to JCPenney or whatever <laughs> your favorite store is. You know, you'll go to Neiman's, you know what I'm saying? And you will buy the, the finest suit, the finest dress. You know what I'm saying? Your kids got to be matching and have pink and purple bows. And, you know, they got to have their shoes. And, you know what I'm saying? We have more faith in that. And we put more effort into that than we do God himself. You see what I'm saying? What is what 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 is supposed? To, what is uh, the message in this thing? You know how can I how can how can I um, how can I position myself to walk this thing out? You see what I'm saying? The resurrection of Christ. Yeah, the resurrection power. How can I walk in resurrection power now? How can I truly walk in the power of God now? How can I truly demonstrate the power of God now? It's not about this. It is about, it's about this, what's in here. It's about what's in here. You see what I'm saying? You see what I'm saying? We're destroyed for lack of knowledge. Instead of getting knowledge, we'd rather get a new outfit. Easter, many of us, Easter is about getting a new outfit. Christmas is about getting some new clothes, some new, you know what I mean? But it's the traditions of man. Even communion can be a tradition of man that makes God word of God's word of no effect. But it is also a tradition of God that when done correctly has the greatest effect. Amen. And the Bible actually says as often as you would do this. So we don't have to wait on, you know, first Sunday of every month, we're going to have communion. That's tradition. Or, you know what I'm saying? We're waiting on the first Sunday of the month. But if the Spirit of God puts it in your heart to, to have communion at home with your family, are you not going to do that? And you're going to wait for the next first Sunday of the month? Are we, you know what I'm saying? That's how we do, though. That's how we do. So so this is what we're talking about. Um, I got a couple more here for you. The Lord said also... <laughs> Notice the difference, though, in that tradition has limits. It has limits. You know, you can only go this far in tradition. You can only go this far. You're capping off, right? But the kingdom of God is a ruling authority of dominion and power. It is limitless. It keeps on going. It keeps on going. It, he, he will run right over your tradition. He will run right through your tradition. He will, he will, he will make religion and tradition and all them kin folks mad. Yeah. The Holy ghost will, 
The Holy Ghost comes to tear down the traditions of man and to enforce the power of the kingdom of God. Amen. It is limitless. There's no limits on what God can do and when he can do it. Pharisee, <laughs> no limits on this. You know what I'm saying? I can heal on the Sabbath day if I want to, because the daughter of Abraham needs to be loosed. You know what I'm saying? You loose your donkeys on the Sabbath. I'm going to heal on the Sabbath. You know what I'm saying? So, so, so this is what we're talking about. Limitless, limitless. Yeah, I, 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 I'm gonna, I'm going to, I'm gonna save an atheist today. I'm gonna deliver an atheist today. You don't like that, do you? Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to. Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, Jesus went to, um, what's the man's name? He went to his house. He's like, they came in there. They was like, what, what are you doing here, eating with this, this publican, this sinner? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I'm going to his house today. Yeah, I, I, I'm going to Marilyn Manson's house today. You don't like that, do you? You don't like that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So limitless. Because wherever you go, you carry the kingdom with you. And the kingdom of God is not in word, but it's in power. It's in power. Wherever you go, God has empowered you. You carry his power with you. You carry his power with you everywhere. And his power can be exhibited and displayed everywhere and anywhere at any given time. Amen. Limitless. Paul and Silas were in a prison cell, locked down. But the power of God was in them was limitless. They began to praise and worship God in that cell. And suddenly, a suddenly happened, didn't it? Yeah, limitless. Everybody's bands were loosed. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Limitless. Wherever that praise and worship shows up, God shows up. <laughs> you know, I inhabit the praises of my people. I am limitless. Now, another thing he said to me is religion teaches you how to own. Uh, I'm sorry, I already said that. Religion uh, gives you a form. It gives you a form of godliness, but denying the power that makes you like God. <laughs> it gives you a form of godliness or religious practices. Rend your heart, not your garments. Amen, sis. It gives you a form. Of godliness you look godly you sound godly you can praise and 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 all of that we know how to do all of that right we done rehearsed it so many times we know how to do it right but denies the power thereof and what is it and, and, and what did the lord say that power makes you like god it makes you like him so wherever you see a form of godliness, but no display of God's power, it's just a form. It's just religion. It is not kingdom. It's just religion. Amen. Amen. Next thing the Lord said was the kingdom of God is not in word, but in power. It is about demonstration. 
demonstrating the power of God, demonstrating the power of God, demonstrating the power of God, not just talking about it. How many churches do we sit in where the power of God is constantly being talked about? The people in the Bible are constantly being talked about. The apostles, what they did, what Jesus did, what, you know, constantly being talked about. We tell story after story, right? But there's no demonstration. There's no demonstration. There's no demonstration. It, it, it is powerless. It is dead. It is powerless. It is dead. We're just telling stories and, 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 and preaching, you know, motivate, giving motivational speeches and stuff. But it's powerless and not powerful. But the kingdom is, is powerful. It is full of power and full of life. It's full of power and it's full of life. Amen. Religion is powerless and dead. What am, why, 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 why is that? Why is that? You know, because anytime I talk, I, I told you that we're, we're talking about also here how Satan hides in religion. He hides himself there. Because we don't ever manifest enough power to push him out. He's comfortable to be there because we will not rise up in the power of God and force him out or force him to manifest himself. See, he's comfortable in hiding. Amen. His, 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 the thing he hates the most is to be exposed, you know. So... Why can he sit in there undetected week in and week out? He's sitting there undetected. Soul after soul is coming in and he's undetected. The word is being preached. The worship is going forth and he's still undetected. Nothing's manifesting. No demon is crying out. You see what I mean? The word is being preached. Is it being preached in power though? Or is it, is it just enticing words of man's wisdom? There's no power. There's no demonstration. It doesn't provoke a demon to, 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 to manifest or to cry out or to scream out. Because Jesus is in the building. Are we hearing it? Are we catching it? You say, well, Sister Shelley, I haven't seen you either. Yeah, mine has not been recorded, but in fact, you will see, you will see them. Um, I'm, I'm going to start um, here shortly publishing deliverance services or deliverance sessions. I'm having, I haven't uh, done deliverance in a church um, since, the, since the beginning of the year. That was my, actually my first time actually doing deliverance in a church openly and um it was a, it was amazing. It, 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 it shocked me. I was like, wow, God, did you just really do that? I didn't know we were doing that today, but, but, but he was, I mean, demons were manifesting left and right. So, you know what I'm saying? Wherever Jesus shows up, you know what I'm saying? Wherever Jesus shows up now, I'm, I'm getting ready to do deliverance sessions, um, one-on-one -on -one personal deliverance session. Some of these will be virtual sessions. It is at the is at the um, at the person's discretion whether or not they want to share the session. Um, 
uh, I have one tomorrow, in fact, and my first deliverance session is on a man. I mean, go figure. But, um, you know, if if he if he want, wants to share it, he, he's, he wants to, uh, you know, he feels the Lord calling him into ministry and, and so on and so forth. If he wants to share that, um, you know, then then we'll share it. But, you know, yes, you, you will. You will see more of that. I'm still kind of new at this, you know, but I have to preach the truth. I have to teach the truth because this is what I believe. And this is what I have seen and what I have heard of him. Amen. And, and I have nothing else to preach to you. Nothing else. But what I have seen, what I've tasted and what I've heard. Amen. From my father. It says religion is powerless and dead, but the kingdom is powerful and full of life. Jesus did not come to give us religion. He came to make us free. He came to make us free. He came to set the captives free. To deliver us from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light. He came to make us free. Amen. Religion will hold you in bondage. The Pharisees were bound. They were not free. That's why they couldn't see or embrace Jesus for who he was. They could not embrace his ministry because they were bound to another. Amen. They were bound to the law. They were bound to legalism. They were bound to religious rules and regulations. They were bound to self-righteousness. Amen. So, you know, they, they were not free. But Jesus comes to not set you free, but make you free. He said, you shall know the truth. I am the way, the truth, and the life. And the truth shall make you free. It make, He makes us free. Set a man free and he can be bound again. But make a man free and he's free forever. Why? Because up here, I'm free. My mind has been released through the knowledge of the truth. I know the truth now. My eyes are open. I'm no longer in darkness. Ignorance keeps us, locks us in bondage when we don't search to find the truth. Amen. When we don't search for a deeper understanding of things, it, it locks us in a place of bondage. But Jesus comes with the truth to make us free. Amen. Some of us, we're afraid to search out things and to go look, dig into things and, and, and investigate things and, and, and dig up things and, 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 and find the root and what's under there. And, and you know, we're, 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 we're afraid to do that. And some of, us, some of us have been told not to do that. Oh, you better not go to that church. You know, no, you, you know, you're not allowed to visit any other churches or you're not allowed to go uh, even read the Bible. Do you know that Jehovah's Witness? Don't don't want them to read the Bible. They have the watchtower. They take the scriptures out of the Bible that they want the people to know their interpretation of that scripture. And they put their interpretation into a whole separate book and say, you read this right here, but stay away from that Bible. And and they don't want you going to, to school. They don't want you going to college or going to university because they're afraid that you're going to receive the knowledge of the truth from somewhere from somewhere else from an outside source amen 
They're so scared that you're going to hear the truth. The Bible talks about these. It, it says that they hold the key of knowledge, but they won't go into the door and they won't let you in either. They lock you out and then they, they, they take your money and they say, follow me, follow me. You see what I'm saying? Follow me. If you give me, if you give me your money, then I'll give you something in return, but it won't be the truth because I need you to stay right here in this bondage to me. Yeah. You see, but Jesus didn't do that. He came to, <coughs> he came to make us free. He healed those people. And he didn't say, oh, you got to stay, you know, no, he let them come as if they wanted to stay, you know, or if they wanted to go. And some of them, he told them, he told them simply to go, you know what I'm saying? Just go, just, no, just, just go, go, go on your way and don't say anything. So, you know, he, he was more concerned about people being, people being, uh, free, you know? He was more concerned about that. People being healed and delivered from these bondages, these plagues, this, these diseases and all this stuff that the devil <clears throat> had put on them. Amen. I don't believe Jesus charged anyone for the gospel, by the way. I just don't believe that. I don't believe that. I believe that people gave out of their own free will. And he used what they gave to further the, the work of the ministry that he was doing. But I, I don't, I, I honestly, I, I don't believe that. And the scripture, the scripture doesn't say that he, yeah, this, there's a scripture where he said he sat there over the offering and he was watching, you know, how they were giving into the offering, but he was watching heart motive. See, I told you in the beginning, this is about heart posture. He, he was saying, okay, they're giving. Yeah. You know, but how are they giving? Why are they giving? You see what I'm saying? He saw that 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 widow woman who put the two mites in. He said, "Ma." He looked into her heart and he saw her faith. He said, "You know, it's more about. It's not about the actual giving. It's more about your faith in giving. See, you can even be giving into the wrong thing, but if you have faith in God, you see what I'm saying." This woman gave all she had because she had faith in God. Her heart was postured toward God. She needed a miracle. Amen. She needed a miracle and she got her miracle. She got her miracle. And the, the, Jesus began to speak about um, those who tithe mint and rue, you know, but leave off the weightier matters of the law. And he said, this you ought to have done and not left the other undone. So that means if you were tithing, keep, keep tithing. Yeah, don't leave that undone. But don't leave off the weightier matters of the law. His focus was on the weightier matters of the law, not the tithing. Are we seeing it? Are you a tither, Sister Shelley? Yes. You know, but again, it's heart posture. And it's about not manipulating people and lying to them through the scriptures to get them to tithe and to get them to give. Religion does that. The kingdom is about heart posture. It's about faith in God and having the faith of God. 
Now, I want you, I want to leave you with this thought. Why do you think that Jesus chose Peter to establish the church? Why do you think he chose Peter to establish the church? <laughs> you know, the Bible says in in uh, John, uh, John, that um, when God, when when the Lord called Peter in John chapter one, when the Lord called Peter. The Bible says that um, uh, Andrew brought his brother, uh, you know, Simon Peter to Jesus. Uh, verse 41 says he first find, findeth his own brother, talking about Andrew, first found his own brother, Simon, whose name was Simon Peter, and saith unto him, we have found the Messiah, which is being interpreted the Christ. And he brought him to Jesus. And when Jesus beheld him, he said, Thou art Simon, the son of Jonah. Thou shalt be called Cephas, which is by interpretation a stone. The word Simon actually means hot-tempered, volatile, or violent. <laughs> Cephas means stable as a rock. The Greek word is petros, means rock. So why would God choose Peter to establish the church? Why, why not the religious Pharisees? Why would you choose the wild man, the violent man, the crazy man, you know, the man that liked to fight? Why would you choose the hot, the hot tempered man? Can't control his temper. Why? Why Peter? Peter was the one that cut off the soldier's ear that came when they came to arrest Jesus, you know? Peter was the one that was, that was always saying something crazy. And, and Jesus even said to him at one point, uh, you, you know, uh, you, you, you got the devil in you. You know what I'm saying? Like you, 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 no, you know, get thee behind me, Satan. He called him Satan. And then he turned around and made him the, the head of the church. He said, if you love me, feed my sheep, feed my lambs. Amen. The rock. The kingdom, it is because the kingdom of God is about confronting darkness instead of hiding from it. The kingdom of God is confrontational. It is violent. Did you catch it? It's violent. The Bible says that the kingdom of God suffered violent, but the violent taketh by force. It is violent. It is violent. I'm sorry. I know y'all don't like to hear that, but the kingdom of God is violent. That's why God chose Peter to establish the church, the hot tempered, violent one. Amen. And he had some growing to do, right? He has some, he had some, uh, he had some, uh, maturing to do there, right? The Lord worked with him, right? But he still chose him. He still chose him. As the found as 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 the the head of the church with with Jesus being the chief cornerstone, Amen. So that's just a little fun fact for you there, Amen. <laughs> you know that it it shows you that um, it just goes to prove that the kingdom of God is 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 not um it is not weak. The kingdom of God is not powerless. The king people think this. That's why, you know, they do stuff like Pride Month. You know, they they, you know, 
making mockery of, of Jesus on the cross and all this kind of stuff during their parades and all that. You know, they they they're doing all of that. You know what I'm saying? And they're they're blaspheming and they're doing all that. And they think it's okay that you know Jesus is weak. He's not going to do anything about it. His people are weak. We're not going to do nothing about it. We're just going to turn the other cheek and whatever, whatever. But the kingdom of God is violent and it is confrontational. We are, we, we also understand that we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, right? But get us in the spiritual arena. Step into this step into this spiritual arena with me. I dare you to step into this spiritual ring with me. And let's see what happens. You see, everything you do, you're doing it in the flesh, right? You're doing it in the flesh. But I dare you to step into the spiritual ring with me. A kingdom son or a kingdom daughter. You see what I'm saying? They don't want to step into the ring with kingdom. You see what I mean? They don't want to step into the in, into the spiritual ring with kingdom. <laughs> Amen. They'll step into the ring with church. They'll they'll step into the ring with religion, but they won't step into the ring with kingdom. They don't want to come near that because that's fire. That's fire. That's power. That's the power of God. Amen. Unto salvation. I'm going to stop here because uh, we've been here uh, a little long. We're going to pick up on this Thursday night, 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. Meet me back here. We're going to wrap this up and we're going to pray. Amen. Glory to God. But I hope that this was an eye opener for you and that it, you know, um, helped you to see this thing a little bit clearer. How that um, we must focus on God and not man. When we bring people to church, we must bring them to God and not man. Amen. Um, we must bring them to the kingdom of God and not religion. Amen. Very, very important. Very, very crucial. So I'm going to leave you here. I have to go. Um, and I love you. And I will see you here on Thursday night. Uh, I pray that this word go with you, <laughs> that um, the spirit of God will begin to uh, reveal and speak and um, continue to unfold this truth to you. Amen. Um, so you, and, and give you discernment, the discernment to be able to see the difference between religion and kingdom. Amen. Uh, glory to God. So I, I love you guys and I'm going to see you, uh, see you here shortly. Take care and good night. All right.